What you are about to hear is the Hashtag Cult Podcast. What is a Hashtag Cult? Hashtag Cults are groups that signal membership by using a hashtag or keyword. This allows the group to operate on many different sites and makes them difficult to pinpoint. They use the hashtag model to spread propaganda on a variety of social media platforms without having a central account. This is usually because their ideas are offensive or their methods of communicating are abusive and border on website policy violations. In this show, we will show you the coercive groups and cults hiding in plain sight on the internet. Now, Paulina, I don't want you to say it at the beginning here, but, okay, by the way, are you Paulina? Because that's what I have to talk to you about this. I would dare say that is my name. Okay, well, I'm Michael. You've been using, since last week, recording our thing, Let's Get Ready to Rumble, all the time. You do know, like, we're, he's not going to give up that copyright. <laughs> like, you're not going to now be able to use it so much that it's like, oh, that's Paulina's thing, right? <laughs> Yeah, I can't help that I grew up in a football family, and uh, you could have ran away. Is, you know, I I I could stand to run away harder. I think, I think that's the lesson of a lifetime: is run away from your roots, never look back, and uh, always say no. Is that like from Friday Night Lights? Are you just trying to <laughs> copyright every football thing? You, can, Paulina, it's not. None of them's going to be yours. Well, listen, I was a cheerleader in high school. It's not my proudest fact. But it's it's in my psyche. You know what I mean? Defense, defense, stop that drive. Let's go. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, it's, it's I think there. one of the things that could be noted about cheerleading. By the way, I feel all these feelings about cheerleading, and I want to like. But I'll, I'll save it for another time. No, I won't. Okay. First of all, cheerleaders <laughs> cheerleaders frequently cheer stuff and get no input on the coaching. Secondly, um, <laughs> like kicking. A ball has nothing to do with football. Why is the extra point in football not like doing a backflip or doing a gymnastic move? Like there's already pro athletes there at the events. Like you're saying that a kicker is... is Get rid of the kicker and instead of like... Being, well, because it's not like it's, it's just as much as part of the game of football, kicking a ball, as is doing a backflip. And there are clearly like very good athletes already there on the sidelines. So it's like, okay, do you want to go for a field goal? a two-point conversion, or does someone want to do a move on the pommel horse that gets you a different amount of points? (laughs) I mean, I I would think that, honestly, it would be safer for football if they did backflips. You know, CTE, my my boyfriend's brother is a... uh, He just got his PhD in, I think, psychiatry. Okay, yeah, everyone can brag on the show. I just got HBO Max, whatever. He's not better than me. (laughs) Oh, I have a PhD. I went to school. I have Disney Plus as well. So, like, I have more letters probably than him. Wow. Disney Plus is no joke. Um, (laughs) But he did a lot of research with people who had 
uh, I don't know what CTE stands for. Paulina, I just want to make this clear because this was a thing that happened when we went on your dad's show too. I brought up doing fun backflips and you're bumming me out with CTE. I just feel like <laughs> I brought up like fun, like girls in tights doing cool athletic things and you were like, well, sometimes the brain turns into shit. Like, <laughs> what is with your family? I'm trying to have like a single modicum of fun. We're just like a bunch of killjoys. Uh, it's just, 2020 has not been good for the Pinsky family. It's you're been, not even being Will Smith show. talking about CTE so why would I like why, why would I, I, I obviously it's an important medical issue but obviously have Will Smith tell it to me <sighs> anyway that's really spot on honestly Welcome. I you know I could stand okay. to have a, a more fun I think I think as a person I would love to have more fun so let's talk about tights <laughs> um, let's let's well you missed the fun moment we've already gone oh. past the fun sorry that's okay. We'll have more fun. You now missed we're, it. You now missed we're fun talking train. about serious no, stuff. No, we, we can talk about... Oh, I don't care. It's our podcast. You want to talk about tights for an hour? <laughs> I used to wear a lot of tights as a figure skater. Uh, mm. And I specifically like to wear it over my belly button. Mm-hmm. And so now when I wear pants, I only feel comfortable if my belly button's covered. Interesting and, and weird. S- Something that you needed to know about me. I did need to know about it. And we'll save talking about how Kyle XY was the most advertised show at at malls in our generation. Remember, there were like 90 ads for Kyle XY. No one knows what Kyle XY is. Let's move on with our lives. Hey, this is Hashtag Cult Podcast. You've heard what a hashtag cult is. Today, we're going to go back to our investigation of MGTOW. Polina, what's MGTOW? MGTOW stands for men going their own way. And they are a red pill group on the internet who uh, believes a lot of really weird things. Uh, Chief of which is not getting married, not cohabitating with women, and uh, a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, Which today we're going to really get into what a typical MGTOW philosophy looks like in a pretty concise way and and sort of how their worldview changes based on the the brainwashing of this cult. Um, Chief of which is, if you don't know, the show is meant to be the pre-production, the sort of the, uh, not pre-production, the post-production of our documentary we're making about MGTOW. And I share with people pre-production notes, which are planning. Chief of which today is, I'm going to say chief of which as much as I can. But second of which, (laughs) I guess like commander of which, is that uh, when we were on your dad's show, we were on Dr. Drew's podcast, his stream, he said, I bet it's really hard to be have this sense of wonderment in the comment section. And I said, nope. And so today, why we're doing this section is because I met Codename Tom through the comments section. The simple act of him of saying like, hmm, can you explain that to me? And they really feel as though they're being censored, which we're going to get to in the first seconds. Um, I said, hey, you're welcome to come on on our, our documentary and you'll be anonymous. And I'd love to hear from your side if you really feel as though I'm not hearing you. And uh, that's the only pre-production note. I met him in the comments section of uh, one of our YouTube videos, uh, the first one that you guys heard. My friend is brainwashed by a sex cult, sexist cult. I'm I'm really excited for this video specifically because I think we're finally stepping away from the intervention, which I think is is you know hard. Hard. It was a hard hard interview, and I think this kind of goes back into uh, a more a clear path of like. You know, journalistically, I think that it's stronger. um, And I think that we learn a little bit more specifically about the sort of profile of this person um, and and kind of get a a sense of 
kind of what led them to this ideology, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, and it's 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 not kismet that we find them in the comments section. That is where they operate. And I think we haven't gotten to talk about this as much, but that first video uh, where we talk about the intervention has hundreds of comments, which I have turned off at this point for points we'll get to later. But they operate in the comments section. They recruit new members in the comments section. And more importantly, they sort of strengthen their ranks within the comments section. That's how they kind of line up and, 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 and feel that they're right and justified and all these different things. And that's where this actual scapegoating mostly takes place for most members. Um, the leaders have their own video channels, but most of the members really need to make comments. Um, speaking of which, let's get to 32 seconds. Here's our first clip about shadow banning. Um, okay. What should I call you during this? Tom is fine. Until I, I just got shadow banned. Uh, I think YouTube thinks I'm a bot, so Tom's fine. In the future, I might be Tim the scapegoat. Um, I don't think you had this one, but no, I didn't. That's okay. So, um, Mixhouse comment a lot, <laughs> um, and yes. Uh, it is common for Twitter to think that they are bots. This is, we have a little sound effect now. You'll hear it in the show. Um, this is Irene's comment. It's important to point out that he thinks he is a bot um, or that YouTube thinks he's a bot because YouTube does think they are bots. Their comments get sent to spam all the time because they have these long... T We're going to explain two internet comments here. TLDR comments that are just, oh, they go on and on and on and they make so many of them. Um... And so they, YouTube does think that they are spam and thinks that they are bots. Um, do you know what shadow banning is? I don't. Shadow banning is the idea that you are being prevented from exposure based on your sort of borderline behaviors on the website. Perhaps using things that are not banned, perhaps using words that are banned but not openly. There's always a list of shadow banned hashtags. There's apps that allow you to know were like hashtags that the easiest way to search it on Instagram, for example, is search a hashtag, something like nudity. And you'll see that while if you search lizards on Instagram, Instagram will tell you like, got it. Here's all the lizard facts. When you search lizards, you can follow the lizard hashtag. If you search nudity, you won't get any of that. Instagram will say, no, there's no nudity hashtag page. Um, so using that hashtag might get you in the theory of people shadow banned, which is to say you don't pop up at the top of people's timelines. Uh, your comments might be held for review. Um, things that don't necessarily stop you from using the site and creating more clicks, but limit your exposure. Yeah, I've seen on Instagram specifically uh, queer accounts, uh, Instagram shadow banning them, mm -hmm. uh, which is obviously problematic uh, in that it's it's suppressing a voice that very much needs to be heard. So shadow banning, I think, can be a positive thing, but I also think that like it's it can be uh, stunting to a conversation rather than. Well, I'll you know. tell you this: I think it's blatantly immature. I think that this is part of not telling people when they did something wrong, and I think it's a part of platforms not saying, "Hey." You screwed up. You, we are, you're not welcome doing that. Instead, what it does is kind of squeeze a little bit more activity out of them without coming out there and saying you, – you, they sort of make people feel paranoid. So in this case, it's good. But then really, it's not really good because that person doesn't think they do knew they did anything wrong and they're just paranoid. And then 
really all that happens is good people get shadow banned because they used a word they didn't know was bad and they're trying to do something positive in the world. Um, right. I think it's I think it's a I think it's problematic across the board, but it but the existence of it more importantly for MGTOW leads to them being paranoid. It's not that mm. I'm ignoring it, it's that they're shadow banned. It's not that they <laughs> they type so much they type so much that, you know, literally YouTube says, well, in all likelihood, it's either someone who's taking something out on them by typing so much or it's a bot that's just designed to type. No, no, no. It's not that they're being crazy people typing all the time because they're brainwashed. They are shadow banned. It's a conspiracy from the shadows. Okay. So it's 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 an instrument meant to disheart like disengage people and 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 slow them down because essentially they're operating at a degree that does not seem human and seems like a literal robot without them well that's the spam section but it's meant to just it's meant to do like essentially youtube knows and instagram knows in their hearts like hey people are probably going to click a lot of things that say nudity right right because that's the nature of everyone being horny so like, <laughs> yeah. but they're also saying like, hey, legally, it's a nightmare to let you just promote nudity. Right. But also you're definitely using the app a lot. So if it's, there's no nudity in it, but you're using the hashtag nudity, what we'll do is we'll slow your progress. That way you still keep using the app, but you're not affecting as many members as much. <sighs> so... And that is, that feels, again, whether or not Instagram shadow bans and all these different things is up for debate. It, 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 then it might just be, hey, like, you know, people aren't as interested in your stuff today or you're right. ignored. But instead of when I even tell them, look, I've told MGTOWs, you write so much. We've said this in our hard facts video. I don't see your comments show up even in the spam folder to get approved before they've written another comment saying like, why did you delete my comment? There's not enough time between them making a comment that YouTube thinks is spam and them being upset that it doesn't publish for me to actually let it go, which we have let every single comment go before we closed our comments. Right. And I know we're spending a lot of time on the first 32 seconds, everyone, but it's important that we talk about this because this is like the whole thing. It just, it kind of, like if I were a person who was commenting a ton and then all of a sudden I felt like, or I was shadow banned, I imagine it would feel a little bit like gaslighting. Mm-hmm. Like I'm doing this thing and, and I'm not getting the result that I want. And like, does that make sense? Oh, 100% it makes sense. And I think that one thing we try and push a lot is their sexist, bigoted attitudes have nothing to do with why they are a cult. And the fact that they have taken on cult-like paranoia and cult-like banishment of outsiders isn't all due to people being evil in the group. This shadow banning, spam detection, and commenting too much, and engagement in the comment section, and just letting comments be up is part of the term that the, the phrase me and Paulina like the most, which is it's, it's adaptation and evolution, never intention. This shadow banning, the idea of shadow banning, is something that has made them adapt their mindsets. That's, that's, what, that's what's causing them to do it. It's not I, – I've been shadow banned. I, I, I put up a comment on something. Desk. I know Desk was one 
was a shadow what? band hashtag at one point. Yeah. And I had done Why? a little short animation about desk objects. I think because it was spamming the system. Someone had figured out, look, no one uses desk if I eat whatever it is. You know, an office supply store suddenly dominated the web. And it was shadow banned. I know that that happened to me because I had made this thing about desk objects. It doesn't feel great. And it's this, it, it's not good. And that is, they are being gaslit. You know, the, 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 these people are in a cult. I do see them as victims. And this lashing out, just because it's horrible what they say, it doesn't mean that there's not things that have been gotten them to this point that they think. Right. I, I you know, it's, it's interesting because obviously this is infrastructure meant to facilitate conversations and and slow down conversations that are are spamming the system and all of those things. But it, it's it is so crazy how it all comes down to an operating system. Like it, it I know it it's very simple and it should be easy for me to grasp. But for whatever reason, it's like very hard for me to understand that like discourse is specifically. Uh, dictated by a machine <laughs> you know like that's crazy mm-hmm. that's crazy mm-hmm. and I think this myth of discourse is something that's like we can get to that later because I don't you know I-, I was trying to have discourse with these people and that's how we got him on the show and they are not they're paranoid and I don't think yeah. that you can have discourse when you're paranoid so for me being very calm and having the sense of wonderment which is just when somebody says something for example like you know, fuck you, you're a, you're a woman, do your goddamn research. And I go, well, what did I say that's wrong? Can you educate me? Mm. You know, that mm. starts to get some stuff out and that starts to get stuff. But you only have, uh, I think Randy Flood sort of shared the, shared the same emotion with me, is you only get a certain amount of time with them. At some point, if they're brainwashed in this way, if they're in this state of scapegoating, Scapegoating, which is when you blame a coat for not looking good. And believe me, it happens. <laughs> okay, everyone, it's not a myth. Had a coat for years that made me look like I had very small arms. Um, <laughs> that's scapegoating. Honey, it's time for a new coat. Yeah, it's time for a new coat. And that's the whole point of what we're doing. <laughs> no, they, Welcome to hashtag cult. Buy hashtag, a new coat hashtag and everything coat. will be fine. So, hashtag coat. So, um, yeah. That these people, you only have a certain amount of time before they become paranoid and before things flip back to the other way. And uh, we tried. We tried. And one of the great results was this interview. Let's get to everybody's note at 58 seconds about not liking oneself. Interesting. Okay. Um, Tom is not your real name, though, of course. Nah, of course not. Um, you don't have to say yes, but is there any way you could do video, maybe with a light behind you? No, not right now. I'm not about it. I don't like seeing uh, my own likeness. It's not, this isn't due to a, like a security thing. I hate seeing pictures of myself. I have very few. Yeah, I mean, I can relate to that today. Um, you know, when you're in kind of a self-hating space, uh, you know, that doesn't really put you in a, a great headspace. Um, and it's also a natural reaction to being on camera in general. What do you mean? I think a lot of people, when they see themselves on camera, are upset. I think that's a natural yeah. thing. It is such a... Uh, something that I, I think about a lot is, like, how much trust is required in, in, in photographing someone. And since, obviously, we're inundated by images constantly, and, and, you know, I was once a self-professed selfie queen, 
And, you know, it was you were like, a, you were felt, a pretender to the throne. You did not I, necessarily get this by by birthright. No, I oh. it was self-proclaimed. OK, yes. Um, no, but I mean, you know, selfies for me used to be this like empowering, cool thing. And it was like a way to like feel good about myself and to, you know, own the gaze and all of these things. But now if I try to take a selfie, I'm like, I just look older and I the world is too sad to be doing this right now. But that's a side tangent. Um, Again, ultimately, Paulina being a huge bummer. <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> it's a sad in? place. Yeah. Um, no, oh, but it requires just... a lot of trust to put your face somewhere. Yeah. And I think because we are so used to doing it, it has kind of removed the sort of risk. But it is risky. It's super risky. And it doesn't always feel good. No. And again, <laughs> hate doing this. But of course, there's two things going on here, right? That's the natural, both of us have put out the natural empathic thing that we think, well, I don't like pictures of me. Oh, I look like this. Or every single person that gets into radio or voice acting hates their voice. That's a natural thing that happens. Lots of stuff is written about screen acting and stage fright about these phenomena. Lots of stuff is written about posting selfies of your face. That's not what's happening. This is a fear of doxing. Um, Mm. the main thing to realize here is that he doesn't want his face on camera because he'll get doxxed because he'll, people will see his face. And he tries to say, of course, in a very manly way, like, Oh no, 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 no. And he does this throughout, you know, codename Tom. He goes, no, 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 no. It's not just about like, Oh, it's not just about the doxing. It's like, I just don't like that in general. Oh man, my my kindergarten photo. Everyone else is smiling. I'm looking at the cameraman like, "What do you mean smile? Just take my picture, guy." It's been that way since forever. Um, I will be changing your voice as well. I got a uh, reminder here of things not to say, so we should be good there. Okay, cool. You have like a little thing up. Yeah, like a little notepad. It's just like, don't uh, don't give away the exact location. Dummy. It even says dummy on there. (laughs) I like that. And he comes up with stories in his life that kind of justify this. And it may be that he doesn't like being on camera. And those may be true. But the main fear here, the acting fear, is doxing. Are you afraid of doxing? No. (laughs) You're not? No. What, What would happen? I don't know. I mean, having anybody's information blown out... I'm afraid of identity theft. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Sure. But I don't, I don't think that, and I'm just as afraid of that as anything, but I, 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 doxing is this specific fear of someone taking this information and you know, it's happened to me. I've had people harass my family and things like that. And I, I have been a victim of these things of people just making stuff up and going somewhere and being like, this person did this. I'm not afraid of it. I keep crazy people out of my life. Mm. And I think that, that that's that that's the main thing here is to just be careful about who you hang out with. Um, yeah, you don't have to associate with everyone. Block people before they're a problem. That's yeah. that's what it is. You get a vibe, block them, boom. That's the internet. That's what you should be doing. You know, I wasn't afraid of doxing before this project started, and now like nothing surprises me and everything scares me. Well, you know, it's interesting because we sort of, as part of the experiment, put ourselves out as part of the project 
wanted to see what they would say. And if we're getting into it now, I closed the comments because I felt we were enabling this behavior in our comments section. And that was for sure. Even though I'm saying right now I don't fear doxing, as I said before, I felt the effects of all these people saying all these things, even knowing it was meant to bait them into saying stuff. Mm. Even knowing that, I, I felt that. Um, so that being said, let's get into really knowing doxing, knowing commenting. And this is going to be, we're only doing the first 15 minutes of this interview because it has a lot of this stuff where it's just very prototypical attitudes. Let's get into at 2 minutes 24, which we all had, this thing about the DSM, a diagnosis, and all these different uh, things about mental health. Um, I don't have any diagnosed uh, mental conditions due to the extreme nature of my upbringing, uh, plus military service. You're going to catch a little bit of uh, impatience, and I guess you can, you can call that uh, PTSD. Mm. Um, I have taken an OCD test before. I wasn't aware that I was supposed to fail it because I passed tests. So I don't have OCD. And, um, um, is, am I confused with saying me, that that was something you said in the comments? No. Well, I don't know. I can look, I can bring up the comments now because that, that thing that I sent you is still up. Hold on. Where, uh... There were three different comment threads. There was a 10 reply, there was a 3 reply, and I think a 2 reply. Which one was it? Um, let, me, let me pull it up. Oh, I said it right here. My bad. Great catch on my only listening to the first 23 minutes of the segment. Sharp. I'll listen to the rest of it. As a near autistic or antisocial is defined by DSM-5 cis male. Yeah, that's about right. And the near autistic stuff would come from the failed test that I had earlier. And the DSM-5 stuff uh, with antisocial personality disorder... That's not diagnosed. Uh, what I did was I read the book uh, Snakes and Suits, which was written by, damn, I don't remember the names of both authors, both PhDs. One of them was the guy that uh, participates in Diagnostics and uh, Statistics Manual. And uh, Yeah, anytime anyone kind of self-diagnoses that, I mean, I can imagine finding a diagnosis and feeling seen in it and that being really powerful but it just makes me nervous anytime that someone diagnoses themselves oh for sure um we're gonna have a reans point here thing being because my first thing was that i picked up on was ocd test and i have ocd <laughs> is there an ocd test i have ocd i never took a test um but reans shared a story uh about having a dog phobia and she had, she had actually had a very bad dog phobia. And she went to a um, Boston University, not Boston University, some university in Boston that we won't disclose, a college, if it, if, as you were, um, that was doing a study on phobias. And she said, oh, she had to take huge evaluations. She had to do these things. She said she took this, she, the first entry tests each. Like, there were three. Um, one was just to get into the program, which was a phone call and a, and a form she filled out. Uh, the second was the exact same questionnaire done by two different examiners that didn't know the other answers. Each of them took about three or four hours, um, these long studies of testing. And um, there was no talking interview per se, and it was mostly for the sake of matching her with with um, a, a therapist or a, I guess, scientist for this project. It's both. She was both being treated and studied. And a lot of it was getting like, like stats for this study. So it was inordinately long. Um, 
So she had experience with these tests, and after that, it was very easy for them to give her a diagnosis, which was a phobia and social anxiety uh, disorder. Uh, after she took those few tests, they were able to sort of determine with a little amount of talking that that was probably the diagnosis. Um, I then asked, most importantly, though, did anyone say the word fail or pass? Mm. <laughs> Which is what my question mark went up. She goes, no, no one ever said fail or pass. She also wants to mention that she was very brave and they get, they took her blood. Okay. Oh, so. <laughs> I'm so proud of her. Reen's like passes out at blood. Like, oof, oof, oof. it's like a, just a reaction. But um, anyway, the thing that we're saying to look for here, why this is so important is the story is clearly faulty. Uh, and it's a, it's a trend we're going to get into, but what, what, what he's doing is this very typical man thing of being like a typical MGTOW thing too, which MGTOW sort of exaggerates stereotypically masculine traits. He says the quote, I pass tests. So instead of him getting OCD, well, he's just so good at tests. (laughs) I pass, you know, that's why it didn't work because I pass tests. So that's why they got it wrong. No, no, no. It's not, it's not this. It's I pass tests. And so now it's a fun story, right? It's, 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 not, it's not that, oh, I don't have these problems. I figured it all out. And like, oh, I was just so smart. I passed their tests. Uh, and that's pretty typical of MGTOW. They don't know how to ask for help. They don't know how to talk about asking for help. And so it becomes a different story that takes the kind of onus of being of looking weaker in their mind off of them oh i just i tried to have a psychologist but i just beat all their tests that's interesting because that definitely did not get picked up on my radar i mean I, let me be i would say something too clear to you before you say this i'm really upset how much of an expert <laughs> you really are I mean, but that's the thing is like you have you conducted these interviews and you read all the comments and i didn't and yeah, which is good <laughs> It, it protected me, but it also keeps me a little naive. But it's good because it, it has like someone hearing it for the first time. It's got that we've got that on-air reaction thing. That's true. That's true. That's true. Happy, happy to react. So at three thirty, you have a quote which I believe will be inclu- included in our first one, but we'll play it again about um, near autistic. As a near autistic or antisocial is defined by DSM-5 cis male, yeah, that's about right. And the near autistic stuff would come from the failed test that I had earlier. Yeah, I was a little, I, I'm confused by that uh, kind of title, being near autistic. I don't know <laughs> what that means. Well, uh, me and Reen's looked into that section, and that specifically comes down to a book he mentions called Snakes in Suits. Um, it's pretty clear that what happens here is this young person read this book, which is a interesting, it's not necessarily hard science. It's a using hard science and kind of applying it to the business world to make an interesting sort of Freakonomics type book, which is saying that the, the, the people at the top, this is where this stack comes from, that the people at the top of corporations are 1% of them are sociopaths or whatever. And that's where this comes from. And it's an interesting theory. And the the guy who wrote it seems to be accredited. And he seems to have worked with uh, a human resources person to get all this info. But Reans points out, we'll put the Reans note there. It's interesting that he reads a book about sociopathic behavior and decides, oh, that explains it for me. And the reaction to that explains it for me 
is not, I need to go get treatment. It's, okay, that's an explanation. Oh, that makes sense. That's me. I, I'm in this. Mm. And, and I also pointed out to her that um, it goes with this thing of MGTOW of not really ever doing their own research. Um, the, the, and, and we'll get to this more in a second, but they know how to say something that sounds like it means something. You know what? I'm starting to believe that everyone is that way, though. Like, everyone is that way, it feels like nowadays. <laughs> I call it, I call it uh, a, a mimicry culture, a parrot culture, where you don't know if someone is quote-unquote woke or if there's so many people who are woke and doing it on the internet and they're just parroting them. Uh, I do think it's a, an endemic problem. Again, these aren't at all, you know, just germane to them. You, I have right. been talking to someone who's like, this person gets this issue, and then a second later, you're like, oh, no, you don't. You don't. Or have you ever yeah. had this thing with funny people where you think they're hilarious, and then you watch a new sitcom you haven't seen, you're like, son of a fuck. They're just saying shit from this sitcom I hadn't seen. <laughs> oh, this bastard. God damn it. Yeah, I mean, the you know, we talked about specifically in the last interview about wanting to be a regurgitator Mm -hmm. and i think that we're all regurgitators in a certain way i mean the bottom line is is that uh, what is original thought right now i mean that's it's hard to 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 distinguish what is original thought and what is being regurgitated well it's interesting too right because because on that same point they this whole thing comes down to identity Right. This being an outsider, being shadow banned is much more interesting and is much more of an identity because people can't handle the truth than just being in spam because you write too much. What is this idea of like, I don't know, like MGTOW and like anything that is like, we know the truth, the truth will prevail. And it's like this like ominous, like you will know the truth eventually. And it just feels like no one has a grasp, a grasp on any sense of truth lately. Like I just, I, it feels like everyone is unmoored in some one way or another. Sound the alarms. Bummer Paulina is in the house. <laughs> everyone. Who's that uh, mommy? It's Bummer Paulina. When I was a child, she told me a lollipop me? was made in a sweatshop. Praise <laughs> the streets for Bummer Paulina. Going to Mardi Gras and pointing out that beads are made in factories. A real documentary I saw. I mean, that does sound like me. Welcome I do to start my court, Bummer Paulina. Are the diamonds in my ring blood diamonds? Probably. We welcome Listen. you to bum out the feast in our land tonight. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to start writing about the global recycling economy, so just wait until I get on that train. But are uh, fucked. Which, what train is this? Global recycling? Global recycling economy. Where we take a new globe? I'm into it. This one sucks. Too much water. Um, <laughs> like, just make it Just make it purple. Come on. Like, that's all we want is just make the water purple. We're all sick of blue. Um in Chicago, they make it green over St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, that's what we do, because that's funny. It makes you feel like a factory has gone wrong. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think that the thing with them is, yeah, you do see it. And again, I actually like you pointing it out, Bummer Paulina, Night of the Land. But the, the because the point is, is like, we come up against this a lot. Everybody wants to say, oh, everybody does this. Everybody does this. Everybody does this. And it's like, yeah, that's why hashtag cults are a huge issue. Because like... You're not getting called out on being like, 
we, me and Rini read a, a summary of that book and we were like, he's clearly just repeating. Uh, and we'll get to this next part, I guess, to talk about this uh, as well. We'll play this again. He's clearly just talking about the DSM because he knows if he says DSM, it sounds smart. It sounds like something I'll listen to. It's the same with Disney princesses. It sounds like something people say and get believed about. He has never read the DSM. He saw in the book that this guy probably said DSM. He's hoping we don't call him out and say, you're saying DSM. So that's, you were diagnosed. No, I wasn't diagnosed. He's only doing it to make it sound smarter. And I think this is like a really important time to point out like, the difference between let's let's skip forward a little i, I want to play i want to play this clip that we both have at 546 we're going to skip over the no drug therapy because i think that's going to be too interesting but let, okay. let's essentially we're talking about therapy and i ask i asked the subject if he's gone to therapy and he says this thing at five minutes 46 about doctors selling him pills I have been to one, and uh, she just wanted to get me on all kinds of drugs. And to be honest, we were about the same age, and she was smoking hot, and it was just too much of a distraction. I haven't been to, the, uh, to another therapist since. Did you talk about drug-free options? She didn't. She didn't. That's a shame. There are plenty of uh, therapists and psychologists. Um, I, for example, it was an open conversation. I, um, When I got diagnosed with OCD, I went to see... I don't know the real term. Uh, my my whatever psychologist mine was psychologist, and I went to see a psychiatrist. I believe that's who I saw for a single consultation to see how I felt about it, and it was a back and forth conversation. That's a shame. I've heard this from other people too. That that really sucks. I went on my own accord because I'm a I'm I'm generally not violent. Although I'm, I'm as I'm getting older, I'm getting less patient with people. Mm-hmm. I, I'll give fewer warnings. But, uh, so I, I've never, like, been caught doing a crime that, you know, was hard enough to, like, do time and then get evaluated in that, like, sense. So that whole thing was just, you know, getting checked up at the hospital, getting, like, the doctor told me, like, oh, you're so healthy, you know, we're not going to make any money off you. And that was hilarious to hear from a doctor. And then, uh, you know, went over there voluntarily to the, uh, psychologist and uh, kind of got the same response, you know, we, we can't really sell you any of our dope. And uh, what I told the lady was like, hey, I've, I've been through, like, alcoholism, you know. Like, if you're telling me to, that I, in order for me to be, like, balanced, I have to be chemically dependent. Like, why don't I just go back to drinking beer in the morning? Everything was chill then, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, you have it as 5 minutes 47, excuse you. Oh, Oh, I'm so wrong. I couldn't hear over my boobs. <laughs> um, <laughs> this. Yeah. Yeah. You go ahead. Cause I have something I mean, poignant I want to ask you. Okay. I mean, I think that it is a problem when healthcare providers instantly turn to, you know, drug intervention um, specifically because for the most part, you know, psychological, from my experience, psychological treatment is more in depth and it can be aided by psychiatric medicine but ultimately like unless there is seriously a problem it seems like not the place to start in my experience well i i i agree as well and i think that 
but it's, it's different for everybody. And I think that what's more important to go here is the difference between with, with not just narcissists, but because I'm using that as a clinical term and I don't fully understand narcissists, but definitely someone, a cult leader, a member of a cult. One of the things I've noticed is hard for them to distinguish is the difference between asking them to relay the facts and agreeing with them. This story about a doctor saying she doesn't need to sell them more pills is obviously fake. You think? I don't need to think. It's obviously (laughs) false. It's obviously false. But that's not how you have discourse with people. Because he said it happened, so I'm going to believe him for now. And I'm going to focus on something else. But to the person in the cult, their mind is such that they, they... they think I'm listening. They, they think that like uh, every t- essentially, because we play both clips, I think for everybody, they're under the impression that if they're ever on camera, that they're doing so because I'm so stupid and I need to be enlightened. Mm. It doesn't occur to them that I'm just a journalist asking them questions. It's, 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 it's this lizard mind thing. It's like them, that movie or Thunderball, you know, it's like a, you know, I can do, would you like me to do my whole impression of Thunderball? Of course someone? I do. He looks at this world and wants it all. <laughs> and he strikes like Thunderball. And so they think Thunderball, <laughs> Thunderball is this James Bond movie about like, he's not a bad guy. He's like Thunderball. It's like, he's this man that just wants more. So it isn't that I'm bringing this person on to talk to me and explain their thing. It's that I am so, I need to, they are a luminary. I need to be enlightened by them. And they're not a predator. They're not evil, I mean. They're just a predator. They're just, they're just like the snake. They're the lizard. They just hunt. So they're not evil. So for me, knowing that about them, like this whole story about pills and a doctor saying, not that the doctor wanted him to take pills. Oh, I think that's totally plausible that the doctor wants him to take pills. I'm talking about specifically the quote about the doctor said he doesn't have to sell me any more pills. Yeah. As yeah. Reen's pointed out, we'll put the Reen sound effect. It's what a MGTOW says a doctor says. And so me not calling him on it right there and focusing on what he did say, which was, as a journalist, I'll tell you what the logic is. That's fake. I'm going to let it go by. What he did say was, I've never been caught for a crime. Now, what, do you, what stands out to you about that sentence? I mean, it implies that he has committed crimes. For sure. So he's willing to admit that he's never been caught for a crime but done them. So as a journalist, I'm not going to sit there and debate a story he claims is true. I'm going to, and honestly, as a polite person. And that's what I wanted to ask you about. I think as a polite person, if they think it's true, I'm going to ask them about the stuff they think is true, not just be like, you're lying, you're wrong. That's, that's where I'm, I'm currently having a debacle is like, you know, it feels like being in the same room with this person is implicating us, right? Like in, in, in modern media culture, just mere proximity is is damning right and so we're choosing to to engage with these people and so whatever reason it feels that we're being damned and we're we're being seen as part of them and maybe that's just like my own jaded shit ready your swordsmen bama paulina wants to lead us on a quest (laughs) i'm ready to die for you paulina what will we do 
We shall go um, to a Chuck E. Cheese and point out how dirty all the ball pit balls are. <laughs> Come with me. Come with me one and all. I agree with you, though. I think that that's what people think. And certainly, to, I think that fans of our show honestly don't think that at all, Paulina. Yeah. Like, everyone is so into what the work we've done. And I actually got a really nice email this weekend. I'll send it to you. It's anonymous, Please. so we, I'm not going to mention anything that we say in it. But we get nice emails every once in a while. We get nice emails every once in a while saying, like, yeah, this needs to be documented. And that's all yeah. we're doing. That's all I'm doing. To them, it doesn't make sense, though. To them, they believe that every comment, you know, one thing we came into this was writing comments is not free speech. It's publishing. You're publishing something. See, that's what, like, when we did my dad's show, you were talking about getting rid of comment sections. People freaked the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and yeah, go on. I think part of that has to do with, you know, uh, you know, I have the privilege of, you know, getting to be on a live stream rather than just being a commenter. So I think it does have to do with power, right? Are you are you an observer and is your your way to weigh in in the comment section and the comment section alone? And if the comment section didn't exist, would your voice be heard? And we are taught that all of our voices matter. The First Amendment right. We can say what we want. This is a free country. I believe in all and of so, that. Well, make make your own. Section, make your own fucking stream. Right. I mean, that's the thing. Is like we, you know, th- these platforms are very democratizing, and that's why you know, hashtag cults begin in the first place. Is that they're like, oh well, you Here's know, a word. I'm going to capitalize on these platforms rather than. Uh, sit at home and sit with my sadness. But um, let me let me tell you a thing I'm going through right now because your dad followed me on Twitter. Yeah. So literally, I, I'm staying with family uh, because of COVID reasons, uh, trying to uh, escape things. And I have just been lamenting since being on your dad's show about what my first tweet post being followed him is. We've gone through a lot of drafts. Um, we're really trying to... There's a lot of pressure on right now. Um <laughs> I've tweeted nothing for a week uh, That's impressive. because That's impressive. I'm just afraid because I want to impress him. But one of the drafts that we had was, you know, after that stream, I wanted to point out, we said essentially these people operate in the comments. And I think a large part of it is they don't interact with these people. They're, they're not seeing what these comment sections are like. And we're normalizing these comment sections, which they aren't normal. They're relatively new. You know, I say the same thing to people when I do pet history. I go, you know, pet stores are new. Pet stores are younger than the car. Like, get over yourself. They might not be a good thing. I'm not saying that they are or aren't. I'm saying there's plenty of evidence to be like, this very short-term practice might not be good for the world. Um, and it's the same with comments. And I think you see a rise in com- on, on comments sections being available on apps and cancel culture. And yeah. I want to say, I'm not the only one to recognize that. You can turn off comments on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, which not a lot of people know. Twitch, you can tr- YouTube, you can turn off the comments. They know that it's problematic. It's mm. not something I made up. I don't like this idea that somehow I saw this and made it up. We saw this behavior happening and then we're like, oh, other people see it too. Right. But that wasn't funny enough. I wrote a thing. Let me tell you the perspective. <laughs> let me tell you the perspective tweets. <laughs> That's one, a long tweet. One was like, I feel like we all, it, it was two was on the theme of like needing to admit stuff. And like, I feel like we all need to admit that our moods are definitely dictated by how often we've had and how close we have been to our most recent bowel movement. <laughs> I got to write it good. I got it. And then the other was, can we stop 
playing around, get real, and just make a 300-foot iPhone charger. Yeah, that would be sick. I like the bowel movement one better. I think that was on brand for your dad, too. I'm just nervous. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, getting rid of comments is not like something we invented. And it's yeah. not free speech. It's publishing. And my point is, to, to add to the point you're going to make, they see it as publishing. The MGTOWs right. are actually one of the few people that do see it as publishing. They do see it as my important comments I make. They don't see it as hanging out in a chat room. They see it as, these are important comments I make. And people will right. note them. We didn't get to TLDR. Do you know what that is? Too long. Don't read. Yep, and you it can go self-reflexively, and it can go onto someone else. It can be like self-effacing, be like, I know, TLDR, but I'm going to write it. Or it can be like insulting, like TLDR. Um, I'm, a ra- I'm about to have a bummer comment. Are you okay. ready for it? Yes, we are. So shut, I like shush, shush, child. Shush, child. I have not seen a bummer <laughs> comment like this in my village since my grandpa was a little boy. Look upon it and remember now the moment in which I etch in stone. She says something really bummery. <laughs> At least I laughed before it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I snorted. You know, <laughs> you know, I deactivated all of my social media and then I reactivated my Instagram because I'm trying to advertise for a writing workshop that I'm holding, which if anybody's interested, go to my website. Um, but I feel so allergic to the internet. The more mm. I learn about the deep depths of the internet, the less I want to do with it. Like, mm-hmm. I just feel so... Like, I hate the idea that people have access to me. That <laughs> <laughs> but me too, but not just the internet. Yeah, it's just like, why uh, do we away, all have Mom. access to each other, you know? Um, well, let me ask you this, and this is what I would say, is like, the thing that I think is a, that we're trying to fix with hashtag Colts is the idea that that's okay. Do you know what I mean? That's the thing that yeah. I think we're trying to change, is like, the idea that... I can have anything other than just a blog and you need to comment. I mean, let me ask you, why not shut off your comments, Paulina? I didn't realize that was an option. Oh, yeah. On every single Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram post. And I have it where you can't be... I have a lot of problems with Instagram's age limit, if I'm being honest. I don't know what someone being 13 means uh, in terms of being safe. Wait, they have an age limit? Technically, you're not allowed to download Instagram unless you're 13. I wanted to limit my account that you can only subscribe to me if you're over 18. And that's a setting you can do as well. I have that on there. Um, Oh, there's no there's no reason and you know what you know what people do they dm me they email me they say me they send me nice stuff i'm more able the easier it is for people to comment yeah the more crazy stuff comes out but like people email me nice stuff i only get stuff from colleagues and fans it's filtered it out you're making a choice to to do this stuff you know yeah There's, there's 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 a way to interact with it and, like, honestly, if people are just trying to get to the website, like, okay, have the link. We can add the link to hashtag cult.org, too. You know? Right. Like, like we, we get in this – I think my thing is the, the bigger thing that we do in terms of the internet bumming out and why it doesn't is, like, you don't have to play by the same rules as everyone. Just yeah. have less. Do it somewhat. Yeah. I think I'm starting – I'm in a very pivotal moment where I'm trying to renegotiate how I relate to the internet and also the world but and you're trying to fix it which is pretty uh, stressful too it's you know 
you know, maybe that's it. It's like, you know, I have suggested renaming some of these, these, these um, conditions. For example, I suggested that toxic masculinity is definitely not a good name. I think Atlas Disorder is a really good one. Atlas Disorder? That you somehow have to think that you are Atlas and that that's what's, that you have to be powerful and capable and never make a mistake and you have the whole world on your shoulders that seems to more accurately describe because if you listen to these stories it's like it's not that i went i was sick and i went to the doctor and i didn't do a good job with following up a therapy it's i passed the test i'm just so strong mentally actually that i trick them right and so i think like atlas disorder it appeals to men who are resistant to doing this it, 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 it more accurately describes it and it's a better term. And I think Atlas is a good lesson for you right now, Paulina, as maybe you're yeah. experiencing. I, I feel a that. lot of sympathy in that regard. I feel, I feel like I'm suffering from Atlas disorder, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like a form of like perfectionism and, and kind of, I don't know. I mean, if you're, if you're constantly thinking about how you're being perceived and doing things wrong and, you know, getting things the exact right way, you're bound to fuck up, you know? Um, yeah. They, I just, they're just, and, and we'll, we'll go back to specifically the quotes that he said, but I just feel like there's just like, where is the room for making mistakes and, and building yourself back up again? You know, I like, I hate cancel culture. I really like, I think it's problematic and I don't think that it, it elicits the change that we need to see. Um, yeah, I I I think that let's 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 shift on that same thing because I think that what we're both saying is there's a normalization to all this stuff, right? That mm-hmm. a lot of the things this guy is saying seems not that bad because this has been normalized to you know defer this stuff. But let's focus right back into some of the real journalistic ways and the things that I really want to encourage people to like just look at facts. Like, honestly, no one has ever said, and this goes for MGTOWs and not MGTOWs, like, no one has ever said, I was all fucked up about that issue, and then I saw a comment on social media about it. <laughs> it's never happened, okay? So, like, let's focus on taking these things that this person says and focus on, like, the things that are that are problematic. Um, I think that we're only going to have time, because this is so dense, and this is why we only did 15 minutes, and we're literally going to have to do a two-part episode. And I want to just get into the idea of normalizing. And I want to end with a discussion about the word hashtag cult because it was so interesting. I'm going to play this part of the clip again that maybe people didn't hear about alcoholism. Uh, Because I didn't go through AA, that's not my measurement. Uh, But for real, my last drink was, what I call alcoholism is drinking before 2 p.m. And the reason why I give it that uh, distinction is because it, normal drinking will last you right around the two o'clock in the morning time period, and so if you don't give yourself that uh, that time to like let your body process all of that damage, and you just go on damaging it like as soon as you wake up in the morning or before you know like it's it, there's no science behind it. I've just learned that if if there's no twelve hour break between the last beer. And when you start your binge drinking for the next day, uh, your, your body's just going to end up dependent on the alcohol. And I'm just a beer drinker. I'm not a liquor guy. It'd be a- While we're on the topic of really focusing on how to respond to comments and how to contextualize cancel culture. 
and how to understand that almost nobody who compulsively needs to comment, MGTOW or otherwise, is probably not having a healthy relationship with the internet. Do you remember mm-hmm. the part where he's talking about alcoholism? Mm-hmm. He uses the term binge drinking. Do you, what do you think when, when you think of that? I mean, I actually, anything above three drinks is considered binge drinking so, in any one sitting. So this is what I also thought about, is the idea of hashtag cult and normalizing scientific words like cultic relationship or coercive relationship, which we're really trying to get out there to people, is to me and Paulina, which Reans didn't have this reaction, to me and Paulina, we hear binge drinking and we both go, that's a scientific term. That's mm-hmm. a term that's been co-opted by science. And him saying that there's no science to him figuring out whatever, he's not really realizing that he's using the term binge drinking as science. Now, this isn't some, I don't want this to sound like we're just tearing down everything he says, but it seems to me as though hashtag cults in general sort of benefit on this double-edged sword of science where, or a two-ended candle, I guess is a better way to say it. There's actually an article on NHI's website, the National Health Institute, about how confusing the fact that binge drinking used to be a general term is and that now it is used for um, alcoholism studies. Uh, There's a whole article just about that written on the NHI's website. So um, to me, they seem to benefit a lot off of saying that this is intuitive and they thought of this on their own while at the same time using scientific words that they're not seeing the history of somebody saying look if you have three or more drinks then it's binge drinking you know mm-hmm. these are studies in terms that have been made up there's an irony mirror here to use uh, rachel bernstein's term where it's like you're sort of putting down some of these sciences while at the same time not realizing that the only reason you know that term it's because of the science and the publicity somebody did to try and get that word out there. Right. And right. yeah. And I want to talk about getting words like hashtag cult out there and getting people because, you know, aside from trying to have fun on the Dr. Drew show, it's very difficult to explain what a hashtag cult is beyond just using the clip we play at the beginning. And if you don't really understand the internet, honestly, even the clip at the beginning, you have to listen to the whole show. I mean, what do you think about that idea of getting words out there in education? I think, I think that our project requires a different mindset and a lot of context. And so it's hard to, to pitch it and, and have its entirety understood, which is the case with most things, right? Uh, yeah. Everything in fact, requires context. And both Paul from Ixa and Rachel told me you need to have a lot of patience when trying to when trying to stammer because you're going to stammer and it's going to come out bad when trying to prove that a new thing that no one's heard of is a cult. They encouraged me, Joe and, and, and and Rachel Bernstein said, you need to have patience. People are not going to believe it. And that's like part of it. And so, yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I obviously our, our focus is on MGTOW specifically, but I'm interested in the ways in which, hashtag cults function in 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 the everyday right like mm-hmm. it's not just the hashtag MGTOW like what about hashtags thinspo like Ooh, what's thinspo I want that is that an thin, exercise bike well it's it's thin uh like thinspiration right like it's e- images that you look at when you're anorexic or bulimic and really want to be thin yeah uh, we talked early on about pro Annie. Right. So like like those sort of hashtags, like, you know, they can be banned, but that doesn't 
just completely remove the impulse or or the where they go next, right? I am my own and thinspo every day. That's what I'm going to start I, saying to people. I don't care what size I am. I'm my thinspo. I appreciate that. Yeah. Be your own thinspo. Hashtag. Pauline is my thinspo. Should we start saying <laughs> that to each other instead of like, what's up, dude? Be like, sup, thinspo. But, uh, or is that going to cause a problem? Like very like. Is that going to cause a problem? Is what I'm saying hateful. I feel like I'm aging myself. You're saying I'm like, 2000 and late. Oh, yeah. Now who aged themselves? All, when I was in <laughs> seventh grade, I had the song Glamorous by Fergie stuck in my head for like six months. Some of us never get, I, out, get out of the glamorous <laughs> Fergie stage. Listen, Fergie has done more damage than good. Uh, you heard it here she first. She broke the London gold. Bridge. Is that her? How come every time we come around my London, London Bridge, we're coming down like London, London, London. London, London. London. We're coming down like... I, that was my ringtone in the seventh grade as well. Okay. Um, you can't but, sue us for copyright because we hate Fergie. It's parody. <laughs> but yes, I think that hashtag cult isn't just a MGTOW specific phenomena. And I think the way we use hashtags can facilitate dangerous idea sharing or communities that are more about... Uh, indoctrination and uniformity than anything else i and think sorry because sorry sorry yeah. sorry sorry, no, sorry, sorry no you were about to land the dismount no i lost it oh paulina well anyway <laughs> i'm spinning I, I, plates and they're crashing to the floor oh that's such a bummer also i would love to see a plate spinner that like committed to to breaking the plates that would be pretty you know like he spins it for a while watch. and then he's like boom like smashing a guitar um I say the thing that I think is easy to explain to people, which is just a metaphor for it, trying to equate internet cults to a hashtag cult is like comparing using the Chase app to deposit money to cryptocurrency. What they're calling right now internet cults are just people using regular cult tactics of talking to each other, emailing each other, you know, sending dues or whatever, having meetups, but using the internet. Mm. you're trying to do something that is similar, but you're not using at all the same tools. You know, what we're talking about with hashtag cults is much, it is an evolution of the cult is what we're trying to say. It hides. It is, it is much more covert. Evolutionarily, they've, they've, they've turned into something that is perfect for hiding in plain sight. You know, right. I, we said this to your dad. It's like, you've got MGTOW members on this page right now. And Reen said the whole time we're there talking, there's somebody there saying, why are they even talking about this? They are, and that's something a cult does in general, but they find it. Your dad might not even, your dad and mom, when they, your mom when she posted it, might not even use the word MGTOW, but they found it. They commented. They said, oh, these people are stupid. Have me on, Dr. Drew. I'll tell you about what it is. Is this is a much more evolved internet thing of operating around the internet. And so, yeah, it's complicated to understand. But when we meet people of our generation who get the internet and, and, and when you explain this to people who know SEO, they get it. They get it right away. And so it is a thing of having to explain the, the internet to people. And that's probably why it feels so much like the internet is hopeless because everyone's response is like, well, isn't that the internet? Like, no. Nah. Like, nah. And I'll say this again. The ASMR community is a entirely positive. And I've still run into people there who are, they're, they're all sorts of messed up because they do attract people who 
you know, are going through something mental health wise, but it is go on ASMR videos. It is altogether a much more positive community. You can mm. create communities that are more positive. But by every time you say, this is what I'm going to ask you about, is every time you say, oh, we're doing this group, someone's like, isn't that just the internet? No, like it's not. It's this, it's this thing going on. It's degrees of hashtag cults. Right. Right. Does that that There's doesn't that doesn't learn. seem to be helping you a lot in terms of liking no, the no, internet? No, no, no. I mean, it, 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 yeah, I know. I'm just like you're like right, right, right. But Michael, I'm still very miserable. <laughs> I'm just like allergic to the internet right now. I think I'm allergic to to being seen and and having people comment on me and how much of a disappointment I am and all those mm, things. But you're the best. Thanks, dude. I'll throw this out there. You're clearly the best, Drew. <laughs> I've met very few. Take it personally. No, I think I think you're 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 like this amazing person. Like, do you not? Is does the internet make you feel otherwise? Yeah, I feel like I have nothing to say and nothing of value, and I feel unmoored and. You know, it has to do with other things, too. But but I doesn't just, that I, doesn't that make you feel empathy for hashtag cult people is like it doesn't that oh, make you I feel endless empathy for them. I mean, to a fault, to a fault <laughs> yeah, that I'm just misunderstanding what they're saying. Yeah. You know, and, and, and the irony, of course, is that their philosophy directly is against me. Right. Like they're, they yeah. they view me as a villain and me as the enemy. And. You know, I can I can try to be empathetic and all those things. And empathy is my default. But like at the end of the day, I'm stuck with myself and they're stuck with themselves. And how you view yourself is only going to be how you project yourself into the world, which is why, like, I'm off social media right now. You know, I, I don't. Are you or are I, you not? I'm trying to deactivate my Instagram and it won't let me because I did it a week ago. <laughs> oh, no. Um, I'm yeah, I. I tried to dip back in because I was like, exposure, this is how you build a following. This is what social media is about. And it's an the, adorable and, voice. Thank you. It was the first time I've ever done it. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, I, I the, the deeper I get into this work, the, the less I want to be on the internet. I, I fully, fully, fully understand it. And I think that what what well, one thing I'd like to do is we've announced the clairvoyance episode with you, and so maybe the maybe the break after that, like we should talk about how it is different to live your life published as opposed to public. Mm-hmm. You know, and like that is clearly without you know I don't want to get into anything you don't want to talk about, but clearly part of it is you living in the published life, the published eye. We often say public eye because it makes it feel less gross, but it's my well, it opinion used to that be it's public. It yeah. used to be the public eye, and now it's the published eye, and it's really uncomfortable. And I, I don't know. I, you know. I, t I told my dad, I'm like, I'm done doing your live streams because I, I don't like having people comment Because of the me. comments? I don't like it. I don't like it. Oh, we can, so let's go back on and let's turn the comments off. A revolutionary yeah. idea that you actually thought of. <laughs> I'm just saying your idea to you. Why not? What's the, what's the, why is it better or worse? I don't know. I And also, like, I'm... And this is now becoming a happy hour about Paulina, but 
Let's go. You know, we have a I have a book coming out this year and I'm very nervous. Like I'm very nervous and that's the published life, right? Like I have a book coming out with my dad. I'm, you know, going to be put in proximity to someone who has more power than me. And yeah. I have to sell this thing, right? That's my job. My job is to sell this thing. And so that's the other thing is like, can I not be on social media for that? And I don't I don't know what the publisher's gonna say because the last time we talked, I was on social media, you know? And I just, I feel a lot of pressure. So the, the lesson to learn for this about MGTOW is, first of all, A, Paulina, you'll do great. You'll do amazing. Thank you. But the the the, the lesson to learn to, from this about MGTOW and and social media and 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 hashtag cults for this interview, which by the way, this is so dense. I knew we, we only got through half of our interview here. But the I think the lesson here is it's not this is people I also had a panic attack thinking we did so like three days of panic attack thinking that we did so terrible on your dad's show and that whatever and that your dad didn't like me and everybody forgot to be funny and that I was and I was like I did bad and literally everybody was like Michael it was really great and and Paulina's got a book okay these are people experiencing positive things on the internet can you imagine what it's like to be in an environment like objectively our appearance on your dad's show was good objectively your book's gonna kick ass for your life and your career and everything like these are objective positives to goals in our lives right and yet listen to us being in pain like that's imagine what it's like if you're going through a breakup or if someone's capitalizing on the negative things you do and telling you not saying to you paulina you did great or mike you did great which no one has said to me so far but um like Imagine what it would be like if someone encourages the negatives. I think that's the lesson to take away from this is imagine if you were buying into the negative of that's why I don't have a girlfriend. That's why my mom was evil. That's why this, that, and the other. It would be a lot more of a compelling of a place uh, to sink into. Yeah. I mean, once you're in the dark zone, it's hard to get out. Speaking from experience. All right, bummer, Paulina. Now you got to say something funny at the end. Oh, <laughs> tell me more What's tight stories. Funny that's happened uh, to me recently. Tell um, us more tight stories. We want to know a funny story about tights. Some tight stories. Oh my god! Wait, I actually have a story about tights. Um, so on Mondays after school, I would my mom would drive me to Valencia, which was an ice rink that was about an hour away from my house, or from my school specifically, but also my house. And Monday and Fridays, I would drive to Valencia. And what I would do is I would change in the front seat of my mom's car and then sleep on the way there. Okay. Well, one time, we're getting on the freeway, and I am butt-ass naked. And I look up, and there's a school bus in front of me. And there's a little boy pressed against the glass, mouth agape, staring at me. Oh, no. (laughs) And so I start screaming. My mom's like, what, what? What's going on? And I'm like, look at the school bus. Um, and so from then on, I waited until I was on the freeway uh, where the cars in front of me couldn't see me uh, from there on. You're like an action that, star. <laughs> that, that was a time when it, it, tights, you know, I was I literally was like in the midst because, you know, when you're in a figure skater, you wear two pairs of tights. You wear the tights that are the base layer that you Whoa, stick. In stop your saying boot, this so casually. This is awesome. <laughs> the, the tights that you put over your boots, you know? Yes, to like I was about to ask ex- about it, yeah. 
Yeah, so because it's all about lines, and mm, you know, it's it's very stylistic, right? Like you know, Michelle Kwan era, they didn't do two pairs of tights, but like idiots, you know. Now, or when I was in my prime in you know 2011, uh, the whole thing was having the nude line so that your legs look longer. Um, so you know, just imagine me being like 14 caught naked two pairs of tights in my arms and there's just a, a, someone staring at me in a bus did you did you, uh, did so you confirm whether or not they like went to your school system your no they i mean okay. no one i didn't go to school with a bus so I, I i never saw that person again was it a field but trip it, to the ice hockey rink <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so funny if they, we were both going to the same place we could lie and just say that that's what it was <laughs> And then we both went to the same place and we shook hands. Uh, no. <laughs> nice bottom, I said as she as I shook her hand. <laughs> oh man. Well anyway. I did um hashtag yeah. hashtag hashtag cult.org. You know, sometimes this is my last line. This is her last line. More in line with with my attitude today, but sometimes we're just sad and that's okay. That's okay to be you sad. Know? Yeah, I'm glad you're saying you're sad because that's a big problem for people in this group. I I am not sad today. I was sad yesterday, so yeah. well, you know, it's my fault for not being sad today. Otherwise, <laughs> I could have been. Up. I screwed it up. Uh, we could have been sad together. No, I think man, I think it's show. important when you're sad <laughs> to be transparent of it so that your friends can make jokes about it and make you laugh. That's I did that then. I, you did that, and I appreciated that, and I I definitely am in a better mood and I feel more confident than I did when I started this so thank you Mike you're welcome and thus ends the saga of sad Paulina (laughs) hopefully if you or someone you know has experienced a hashtag cult is trapped in a hashtag cult or you have been affected by any group mentioned in the show go to hashtag cult.org for resources or to get in touch with the show we want to hear your story